0: I want to be a raven, high up in the sky, riding on the wind beneath my wings I fly. I want to be a feather, mingling with the leaves, falling from the branches of the eucalyptus trees, the trees, the trees, floating on the air like a prayer. We're going solo, friends! It's gonna get weird. Welcome to episode number 29 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe. And I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic all by myself. Yes, that little teeny piece of a song that I sang at the beginning of this episode was my song. And it's much longer than the little bitty piece that I shared. The next verse is actually about wanting to be a mushroom. But since the last song I sang was about a mushroom, thank you for the feedback on that. Well received. I appreciate it. I gave your compliments to Steve, my co-vocalist. I'm not going to totally freak you out by singing a full-length song. But let me tell you, I am a weird person. My brain is... Filled with songs and jingles. And since I'm going solo and I don't feel like I need to be respectful to the guest that I'm interviewing, because in case you missed the memo, I have retired as an interviewer and I'm taking the show solo. I've just decided to let my freak flag fly and it's fun for me. It's fun. I hope you don't mind. My patrons put up with this bull honky, as my son would say all the time. (laughs) Bull honky is how we swear around here. We don't swear, but we find ways around it. And we say things like, bull honky. My kid puts up with this bull honky all the time. My patrons put up with it. And now, hey, let's see if you'll put up with it. One thing I loved doing, when everything intentionally started falling apart. When I really started letting my business break down to find out what the essence would be going forward. I did that whole series where I was posting in seasons and I would create these little theme songs for each season. Oh my God, that was so much fun. I had so much fun. Some were better than others, but it didn't matter because it was just fun. Why can't we have fun? How many professional-sounding, very controlled, polished podcasts are there out there? Do you need another? Maybe you need a little kooky creatrix in your life. I don't know, but that's who I am. If we were just like hanging out here in my living room, which we are doing right now, (laughs) spontaneous bursts of weird song could happen. So let's just have a little bit of that here, shall we? I want to make a correction too right off the bat. In the last episode when I was talking about journaling and I mentioned the artist way, I said that morning pages, which is when you write stream of thought every morning, I said you write five pages. And right away, I heard back from two people who I've actually been in an artist way group with before. I think we talk a lot about the artist Way together. So I think we did it together. They both were like, what are you talking about? It's three pages, Joe. And it's already a lot for a lot of people. People really struggle with this. And I think the way I answered them when they said that was like, oh, well, I've always done five pages. And then after I said that, I was like, is that true? Have I always done five pages? That can't be true because I know I followed The artist Way The second time I did it, the first time I did it was way back in the day when it was brand new and it was like the hot thing in Hollywood and every actor had a copy of the artist way under their shoulder and they would like proudly tell everybody about their morning pages. But when I revisited it, I don't know, however many years ago, I know I did it to the letter. So I must have done three pages then, but I went back and looked through all my notebooks. I keep these composition books that I buy from the Dollar Tree they're so cute the covers are so cute and I go through a lot of them so I get them at the Dollar Tree so that I can go through a lot of them I was like how long have I been doing five pages in a row and I don't know as far back as I can see I gave up after several notebooks. I was like, yeah, well, this is what I do. It must not be what I always have done, but for a very long time, I've been doing five pages and I don't always do morning pages. My morning, let's call it a devotional, I always have some kind of morning devotional that includes writing 100% always. There are periods of time where I will do Nano Write Mo. I always overwrite during nano-write mode to you. People are like, how do you get to the magical word count? And I'm like, I've done twice the magical word count because I will just not stop. I'll just go like stream of consciousness and I'm just like, no punctuation. I don't care if it makes sense. I just go because I like the training of that. I like not... Stopping to think about what I'm doing or analyzing it and just really staying in flow. I feel like it's a good practice. So I like to do Nano rightmo for that every once in a while. They do it a few times a year now if you count the different camps they do. So That's available several times a year. If you don't know, NanoWriteMo is National Novel Writing Month. And bajillions of people from all around the world, anybody who has a dream in their heart to be a writer, has probably at some point in time participated in this thing. And there's a big community around it. And it's really fun. So I might include that in my morning devotional time. Sometimes I have a project that I'm really hot on and working on. So that is what I'm doing when I'm writing. I go through phases with it. I'm big on the phases. So I go through long periods of doing morning pages as well. But writing every morning is absolutely a solid practice for me. What I've been doing lately is I just capture, I just channel basically. I've just been channeling a lot because another part of my morning practice that has been a part of it forever my entire adult life is some kind of meditation. So I typically do some kind of prayer or spell work. Some kind of like talking to God, the universe, source, my guides, and then a receiving. And that could look like channeling, that could look like chanting, that could look like breath work, that could look like just sitting and meditation. And I spent so much time developing my craft. Is that the right way to say it? My craft as a channeler? In my 20s, I was obsessed with channeling and I got really, really good at it. And then I didn't do it for years intentionally. It would just kind of happen accidentally when I was meditating. And at some point, I started capturing that in recent years. And then I was like, well, hey, it seems like the channel is open. Let's just do this with some intention now. So these days, that's usually what I'm doing. I just sit in meditation. And when something starts coming through, I'm just like, grab your notebook and go. And it's awesome. I think. All the different practices I've done, morning pages, the nano most sprints, I feel like they're all a kind of training for getting into a channeling state. If you're willing to put your judgmental mind aside and just get into flow and write a lot of bullshit. Write bullshit. Be like, I don't know what to write right now. My pen is running out of ink. My left foot is falling asleep. If you just hang with that long enough and you don't let yourself escape, or judge what you're doing, what probably will start happening is you'll start complaining about something that you're always complaining about, or you'll start purging something that's bothering you. It can be very cathartic, and you hang with it, and you push through that. And then amazing, beautiful things can happen when the voice of your soul starts coming through, Because the voice of your soul is not a complaining voice. It's not a fearful voice. It's an empowering voice. It's a voice that will uplift you and support you. And so for me, it's very, very worth it to make it through, to wade through the bullshit. To wade through the mud to get to that voice. And I've been doing this now for so many years that the voice just shows up without the mud. I don't have to wade through the bullshit because I've already waded through so much of it, and if I am having an issue, like if somebody's really triggering me or pushing my buttons, it doesn't really matter what time of day it is, I will just grab my notebook and go and just kind of purge and let it flow out of me. I give it a place to live. I give it a voice and I let it kind of have its moment And if I don't have paper, like if I'm driving in my car, I just record it on my phone and I talk to myself and I usually go until I hit tears. If it has something to do with being very triggered or if I'm worried, if I get a piece of upsetting news or an unexpected humongous bill or somebody is just got their hooks in me and I don't know why or I don't know how to get it out. That is when I will reach for a notebook or my phone, my voicemail and just go until I hit tears because usually when I hit tears, there's that moment of catharsis and then the wisdom starts to settle in and I'm excited about this because it wasn't always like this. In my 20s, I was obsessed with channeling like I said, but I also was a hot Mess. I spent so much time up in my head and then reaching beyond that, like out into the spiritual realms because I was trying to escape my body, because I wasn't comfortable in my body, because it was all about escape. My spirituality was like an addiction back then, and that was not healthy, but there was a benefit to it. In my 30s, I became a lot more grounded. Hello, witchcraft. Hello, paganism. There's so much balance and groundedness in a sincere earth-based practice that I have to give credit to that. But decades is what I'm saying. Decades of practice has gotten me to a point where I'm like, holy shit, I have wisdom. I have wisdom to share. And I also, I can live from a heart-centered place and be very, very peaceful most of the time and that is amazing. If you've been listening to my podcast from the beginning, you know that this is a fairly new development. It really started happening in 2020 when the pandemic hit and my ego had one last hurrah, like one last freak out where I got into some panic creating because my income was dropping really, really fast. I'm a single mom. I have to pay the bills. And I started like panic creating a product. And it wasn't that what I was creating was not good. It was very good. I love what I was creating, but it was the energy behind it. I was in a panic and I was doing it for money and that... Was not comfortable to me and I realized I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be stressed out like this and I let it go And I moved into this very groovy way of being. You'll hear me say this over and over and over again because it's true. This is a part of my story now. This is really what happened in the fall of 2020. And ever since then, I have been able to access that place at will because I spent about nine months after that moment of living in this very groovy, flowy place. So when I lose it, I have enough familiarity and experience there that I know I can get back to it whenever I want. Anytime I'm willing to just stop, just to pause for a minute and be like, okay, I am spinning out. I am definitely not centered right now and I have all the tools I need to get back to a peaceful centered place. So I'm excited to go solo with the podcast now because that's what I get to share with you and it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy now to be able to say for sure your spiritual practice is worth it. You are practicing for a reason. No matter what it feels like to you right now, if it feels shitty, if you're really like struggling with some old trauma or you're just being triggered left and right and life is taking you on an emotional roller coaster, just stick with whatever spiritual practice you're doing right now, stick with it. Stick with it and know that it is going to pay off and that life gets better as you get older. Your butt is as good as it's ever gonna be right now. Unfortunately, gravity is gonna have its way with your booty. You're going to have to do a lot of squats if you want to keep that thing high and bouncy. But the payoff is wisdom. Wisdom, my friends. And when I say wisdom, I mean peace. I mean light in your eyes. I mean a nice, calm, centered orientation to life. It's possible. I know it's possible. I've lived there for a very long time now and I say that with absolute confidence. And I'm definitely not saying that as an enlightened being or a guru. I am not super woke. I am just a person who has, after much struggle, finally achieved a peaceful state of being most of the time, most days. And it is radical. It's a radical departure from what the first handful of decades of my life were like And when I see other people struggling, I relate to them and I'm excited that I have something valuable to offer them. If nothing else, just the hope, just the example that you can get here, you can get here. Just keep meditating, keep doing whatever your morning practice is or whatever your mindfulness practice is, whatever witchy thing you're up to. Stick with it. Stick with it. And when it's not working for you anymore, find something that does. Just keep going. Keep going, friends. And that is not even the subject of today's podcast. (laughs) That's probably going to happen a lot. Because I'm just going to let myself ramble and go all over the place. Because that's fun for me. I want this to be Fun. I want it to be fun for me. I want it to be a joyful thing so that it's joyful for the people who it's meant for, so that like attracts like and we can have a bit of fun here together. Having said that, so many people have reached out to me in the last, I don't know, however many years, asking me when I'm bringing Queen. The Program Queen Back. It is a five-week audio journey to reclaim your personal sovereignty for any women listening. That's who I made it for. I love it. It's wonderful. I used to do it live with a group of women, and I ended up retiring a lot of my products. But something happened recently. Gumroad made... Gumroad is where I host my different audio journeys and things like that, I'm down to two. I have Shadow Love up and I have the Magic Star up because those two kind of represented the essence of what I want to help people with. Magic, how to do magic that actually works, my personal formula for magic, and then how to do shadow work in a way that is not going to be scary in a way that's very gentle and self-loving as a form of self-love. So those two programs have been up and stayed up for a long time and I retired everything else not because I didn't love it, just because it takes maintenance to keep those funnels alive and then to continuously update the different products that you have going on and answering different questions that people have so that was part of my downsizing. I closed an eight year coaching practice and I retired my ebooks and some audio journeys that I had. But Queen is one that I consistently get asked about. And Gumroad recently announced that they're going to be taking more money from the people who use their platform to host their digital products instead of like. 3.5% I think is what they were taking. They're now gonna start taking like 10% plus a fee for credit card charges. And right when I heard that announcement, I immediately had a deep, soulful response, which was no, no. It was a very clear no that like came from my gut. Absolutely not. You may not have... 10% of my business for allowing me to host my products on your website. It's not worth it for me. And so I knew that in the new year, I would be looking for a new platform to host my digital products. I have a new one coming out that's just kind of channeling through. I'm letting it become what it wants to become. I'm in no hurry about it. But I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to have a big blowout sale and let people get... Shadow Love or the Magic Star for a huge discount, 60% off. Let's say 60% off. I will go in and I will create a 60% off code right after I record this since I'm telling you about it now and I haven't done that yet. And the code will be Hello 2023. Hello 2023. All lowercase, no spaces. Hello 2023 will be the code to get. 60% 60% off Shadow Love or 60% off The Magic Star. They're both audio journeys. They're basically a series of podcasts, but they're on a specific topic, each one of them. And I figured out, it took me two days to figure out, I figured out how to get Queen published again. It was difficult because it is hooked up to an automation and I couldn't figure out how to get the automation rolling again. I could get the sales page up, but not the automation for two days, but I did it. I hung with it. I didn't freak out and I got it going again and I've tested it and it's working. So that too will be 60% off. For anybody who has been wanting to do the queen journey, it is an immersive journey. There is a lot of content there, mostly audio tracks, but also videos, PDFs, journal prompts. And if you really actually immerse yourself in the program and complete it, I think it's life changing. It's super empowering. And I shared everything in that program that I learned The year that queen was my word of the year. 2016, the year of the queen. I couldn't shut up about it. I had such an amazing 2016 because I was working with the archetype of the queen. And then at the end of that year, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to let this archetype go. And also I learned so much that I wanna share that I know will be empowering for other women. And so that program just poured out of me it was so effortless I was so excited to share everything that I had learned and the response was amazing the women that have gone through that program still reach out to me to say how much it meant to them or that they're using this little technique that I shared or this other little thing that I said is now all of a sudden resonating with them years later and so I'm very proud of it so that too if you put in the code at checkout Hello, 2023, you'll get 60% off. And then I'm gonna leave those there for people who have purchased them in the past or if you purchase them right now so you don't lose that content. I will leave them up, but in about a month, I'm gonna take the sales pages down and then at some point, I will migrate my work over to another platform. That could be for a very long time. If you've been hanging with me for a while, you know how I roll. Slow, (laughs) <laughs> I'm a slow roller. I just have very limited time. And so I tend to do whatever is really speaking to me in the moment. And that isn't usually some technical thing. I don't like wrestling with technology, which is why I'm so proud of myself for getting Queen up and running properly. It's just something I wanted to do before I left Gum Road because you've been asking. People have been asking and. I wanted to make that happen, and I did. It felt really good going into the new year having that done. I feel like I got it done on the last day of 2022. So today, I actually wanted to talk about you. And if you are a person who is working with a tarot card of the year or a word of the year like I like to do, or a theme, maybe there's a phrase that you're working with, I just had a couple of tips swirling around in my head for how to do that. I also have a voicemail in the queue, which I'm very excited about, so I will definitely make a dedicated episode for that voicemail. And if anybody wants to leave me a voicemail to ask me a question about magic or shadow work or self-love, you can do that over at speakpipe.com dot com slash the Joe DeVoe show or you can follow the links in the show note and leave me a 90 second voicemail and if it's a question I can answer I will make a dedicated episode answering you especially if it's something I think might be useful to other people at any rate today I wanted to talk about working with the word of the year most people I know do something like this I've been doing it for years and it's been such a valuable practice and it's an interesting practice because the people I know who do it they tend to hang with it I don't know if that's just because I talk about it a lot in my Patreon community and those are the people who I know who tend to work with the word of the year like we check in with each other and we share what our word of the year is throughout the year so maybe it's that community aspect that keeps it alive so maybe that is a tip maybe find a community find a best friend or somebody who you can share your word or your tarot card or your theme with so you can talk about it it's exciting to talk about it because if you hang with it really interesting insights can emerge it can become a teacher for you that's the whole point in my opinion and i'm such a word nerd that one word usually will do it for me. Like queen. That word is a teacher. That word will show you things about yourself. I have a friend who chose the word joy, and right off the bat, it showed her all the ways that she was not joyful. It actually took her in the exact opposite direction to such a harrowing degree. It was really scary for her. But by the end of the year she bounced back and she started feeling joyful. She started finding her joy. And then at the end of the year, she's like, I don't wanna let it go. I'm finally like getting the hang of this. And so now she's doing like joy 2.0, which is totally fine. That happens to me every year. It's at the end of the year that I feel like, oh my gosh, I finally have like a really deep understanding of this word and I'm not ready to move on and yet I do. I do move on because another word will start to like pick at me. (laughs) It feels like the word of the year chooses me. So last year, my word of the year was worthy, and that for me was not about money. I know a lot of times when we say the word worth, we think about money, and that is a part of it, but It was so much bigger than that, so much bigger. Money is just one tiny aspect of being truly worthy, of really feeling your worth. I believe we are all innately worthy. We are born worthy of love. We are born worthy of respect. We are born worthy of having our needs met and our heart's desire. Desires that come from a soulful place are meant to be fulfilled in my opinion and we are worthy of all of that we are born worthy however life conditions and trains that sense the felt sense of our worthiness out of us to where we can get so far away from our connection to our own worthiness that we feel completely unworthy we feel like we're groveling when we're in prayer or when we ask another person even for something. There's like a groveling energy to it. and I'm not worthy kind of energy to it. Or, I'm so sorry to bother you right now. I'm so sorry I know you're busy. I'm so sorry I want this thing. I'm so sorry for taking up space. We just don't let good things in and we don't know why because we have a lot of subconscious unworthiness going on. I feel like I had a handle on that intellectually. I understood that, but walking with the word worthy for an entire year just took that understanding much much deeper. And when it hit the deepest place, I realized where my lack of worth was was in prayer, in asking God or the universe for things. And showing up with that, I'm so sorry to bother you energy, or I know this might be a lot to ask, but, and something I actually started doing that was really helpful was I just brought that with me consciously. Once I was aware, oh my gosh, I am approaching source energy, the universe, goddess, whatever you prefer to call it. I was approaching God in this I'm not worthy kind of way, I would incorporate that into my prayer or into the spell I was doing. I would say, I know I'm struggling to feel worthy of this thing that I want or this thing that I need. And I feel like I'm being greedy and asking for it. And I feel like we're not allowed to pray for these things when there's so much suffering in the world and why would I deserve to have this particular need met or this particular desire? So I'm bringing that here to you. I surrender it to you. Please take this from me and transmute it into something beautiful. I bring this to you. I don't know If my prayer will be answered. I don't know if my spell will work. I don't know if there's anybody even listening to me right now. I don't know if I am allowed to pray a prayer like this and have it answered. But I'm going to pray it anyway. And I'm going to let myself be surprised. I'm going to let life show me what is possible. And I'm just going to let go. I'm just going to release this feeling of unworthiness. I'm just going to surrender it here now to you. And that was a thing that really brought me around to my word of the year for 2023, which is faith. Because when I started praying that way, outrageous things started happening. Amazing, awe-inspiring things started happening. And I was so in lack, in lack of trust, lacking trust, lacking faith that it had to happen many, many, many times and with greater and greater specificity before I really could get on board with like, oh my gosh, this is working. This is working. I am worthy Of having my prayers answered. I'm worthy of having this magic spell. Manifest in a way that is deeply satisfying. Without me having to settle for less. I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of this. And that's when I really got excited. About this idea of walking in faith. And faith actually was my word of the year. Many years ago. And funny enough. I just couldn't get with it. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. The best that I could do was working on having faith in myself. And that is really important. That is worth spending an entire year learning how to do. Learning how to have faith in yourself. But when it came to faith... It was. It's just such a religious word. Google faith and see what comes up, especially faith-based. Go looking for some faith-based witches. All you'll find are Christian witches. Faith is a word that has been co-opted and claimed by Christianity to such an extent that you can't even do a Google search with the words faith-based, and find anything other than Christianity. And as somebody who really struggled with that for so long, I found it offensive and off-putting. Not this time. I'm talking about however many years ago when faith was my word of the year and I just couldn't connect with it. I have made a lot more peace with Jesus and the Christianity I grew up in since I have No problem with Christian witches. I just don't identify as a Christian. And so it's frustrating, or it was, when I would go looking for faith-based things, maybe like an inspirational t-shirt or mug or piece of jewelry that could serve as sacred adornment, and it was just all Christian. And I was like, ah, (laughs) this is not what I'm looking for. Where are the witches with faith? Faith in what? magic or faith in source energy faith in the universe faith in your own soul i don't think you necessarily have to believe in an entity outside yourself providing for you to have faith I think it's possible to have faith in energy, to have faith that if you align with the energy of your own soul, that doors will open up for you and synchronicities will happen. I know this to be true. I've experienced it, and I'm experiencing it more and more and more now that I am moving into my second round with the word faith, and I've released a lot of that ex-Christian baggage. (laughs) I can hear a lot of Christian stuff now, and I can hear it from a more esoteric perspective, from a more mystical perspective, and actually end up feeling very defensive for Jesus, because the things that are done in the name of Jesus really suck, and I don't think he would actually be condoning most of it. I think Jesus was magic. I think Jesus was... A hippie. <laughs> I think Jesus was a magical hippie and he definitely would not be down with the far right gun toting fire and brimstone that is so prevalent in today's society. I believe Jesus was trying to teach the world about love, the power of love, the power in loving your neighbor as yourself and the understanding that any miracles that jesus could do you also could do and that the secret is in your heart the secret resides in your heart and you carry it with you everywhere you go whether you have realized this or not it is there waiting for you to awaken to this very simple but profound truth there's my little sermon on jesus friends still listening raise your hand (laughs) and and funny enough the Christians I know which is everyone in my family and everybody I grew up around they have incredible faith They have inspiring faith. They pray for shit and it happens. They have no doubt in their mind that their prayers will be answered and it is a wonder to behold. They're amazing. My mom is a badass. I still call my mom if I need someone to pray for me because she's got the power of prayer. She is so deeply convicted and in belief with it that... I guess I, for a long time, had more faith in my mom's ability to have her prayer answered than I did my own. So this has a lot to do with the conversation I was having with Maya Toll back in 2021. Toward the end of the summer of 2021, I had this very interesting moment in meditation when I was communing with my guides and I got this message to step to the edge, and I did not want to. I was like, no, the edge is scary. I don't want to step on the edge. And then I kept having confirming messages, just reinforce that step to the edge, step to the edge message. And that really culminated in my conversation with Maya, and we talked a bit about that. And so that was really on my mind for a long time, this idea that I am being called to step to the edge to me that means walk in faith walk into the unknown take a leap take a dare take a risk I felt called to do it and at the same time I felt like I was telling my guides to fuck off no 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 this is too scary And this is something that I do with my guides. They know this about me. They know that I'm gonna be like, no way. And they will persist and persist and persist and wait me out and win every single time to the point where now I know that's going to happen, but I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to chill with my ego over here for a little bit longer because it's comfortable over here. Okay? Okay. I know what you want me to do. I know you'll eventually win. But right now, I'm just going to hang out over here. So (laughs) that is all to say that is what brought me around to faith as my word of the year. And funny enough, going into the new year last year, the new year for 2022 i bought myself a necklace it's a little glass globe and inside it's a pendant that's like a little glass globe and inside there's a mustard seed because yes i grew up in christianity and when i think of faith I think of Jesus saying that you only need the faith of a mustard seed to move a mountain. So the word faith has been swirling around me for a while. And I bought this necklace and I wore it a lot in 2022. And I'm really into sacred adornment. Just about every piece of jewelry I have has a purpose and a deep meaning to me, whether I bought it with an intention in mind or a purpose or meaning just kind of organically bubbled up from owning it. I love natural stones, by the way. I'm not a fan of like synthetic materials and my jewelry. I like things from nature. I feel like they have a special energy and that, that energy really lends itself to a piece of sacred adornment, which for me is jewelry. For you, it might be a tattoo or it might be the makeup that you put on in the morning, the costume that you wear. At any rate, faith. I recorded a little segment early in the morning on faith and my experience of faith, and I will insert that here. But before I get to that, let me make this about you and say that here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are right in the middle of winter. It is winter. Look around you. There's probably snow or rain. It's probably cold outside. And so this is a very interesting juxtaposition against Happy New Year and everybody setting New Year resolutions. The season doesn't really lend itself that way in terms of taking action. I think it's great midwinter to take a pause. And to really get in touch with your intention. And that could be choosing a word of the year. That could be connecting with a tarot card of the year. That could be choosing a theme of the year. But I think this time is more contemplative. It's about contemplation and processing. Like everything you experienced in the past year. Giving yourself time to integrate all of that. So you can bring what is good with you into the next year and leave behind what is not or what has already been digest and processed or learned from that goes and what is empowering stays so my number one tip if you live in the northern hemisphere and you have chosen a word of the year or you've made a big long list of new year resolutions or you have one really important resolution is to be very gentle and patient with yourself don't Put an expectation on yourself to hop right into action and to achieve. Don't get down on yourself if you don't get rolling with it right away. If you don't get momentum going right away. That's what springtime is for. That's what Aries season is for. That's what the seed planting season is for. Right now, we are in an earthy, cold season of retreat and... Hibernation. We are in a season of hermithood. Like, this is what we're in right now. And to me, I always think it's more powerful to work with the wheel of the year, walk with the season you're in energetically, than it is to try to line yourself up with this weird Gregorian calendar that has been superimposed over our natural rhythms and cycles. It's cool, I love happy new year. I love doing the countdown with my kid every year. I love working with my word of the year starting on January 1st, but I've just learned I don't put pressure on myself to hop into action and to get shit done. So many people quit. They give up on their new year resolutions like midway through January and I feel like they do themselves a disservice. You choose your new year resolutions for a reason. It's important to you. You want to change something about your life or you want to experience something new. And it's important enough to you to make a big deal about it at the top of the new year. And so what working with a word of the year or a theme or a card can do is support you and sustain you throughout the year and remind you this thing that you chose or this thing that chose you is, It's meaningful to you. It's important to you. And you are worthy of going on that journey and experiencing all the ups and downs of it, the ebb and the flow. And if you have not yet chosen a word of the year or a new year resolution, like my friend Sarah Jackson, shout out to Miss Jackson, Cool beans, cool beans. I happen to love the Chinese New Year, the Lunar New Year, because I live in Los Angeles. And our city, particularly the part of it that I live in, celebrates Chinese New Year with decorations and parades and you really get into the spirit of it. Spring comes here so early in Los Angeles that there's just something about the Lunar New Year that has always resonated with me for as long as I've lived here. So I love that. I love that. You might be more of a person who's into planting seeds in the springtime. Immolk, candle moss, that's still a time of darkness. We are lighting candles. We are clearing cobwebs. We are looking forward. And that could be a time to... Get really clear on your intention if you haven't yet or to reinforce the one that you started on January 1st, but just see where your natural energy takes you. See where inspiration takes you and don't have some fiery, go-do-be, capitalist expectation on what's going to happen. Let yourself be surprised. Let your word of the year be a teacher. Let it show you who you are. Let it show you what it has to offer and that can take time. I'm very into this idea of the reticular activating system. I say this idea of because the reticular activating system is a part of your brain that is responsible for many different things. And what it's usually talked about being responsible for is your ability to focus and this is something that is talked a lot about in the law of attraction community or the manifestation community. And there really is something to it. You can program your own mind to focus. And to generate synchronicity. Because I think of the Seven of Cups card. If you look at the Seven of Cups card in a typical tarot deck, you'll see a figure, a man, a woman standing before seven different chalices. And in each chalice is a different something. It's a choice. To me, this person is standing in front of the choices and the opportunities of life. And I feel like All choices and all opportunities are presented before us at all times, much like the Seven of Cups card. And it's about what you're focused on. It's about how your reticular activating system has been programmed that will dictate which cup you choose, which chalice you drink from. And I love in this card that there are a few cups that look scary, they look bad, and there are a few that look fortunate and abundant and good. And I feel like life is like that. I feel like there is so much negativity in the world. There is so much positivity in the world. And it depends on how you are wired or mentally oriented in terms of what you will see and what you will experience. So I love to use January as a time for programming my reticular activating system. And really showing my subconscious mind, this is what I want to focus on now. So you can do that by meditating. Let's just talk about a word of the year instead of me having to constantly be like, or a theme, or a tarot card, or a set of resolutions, whatever it is for you. You meditate on your word of the year, you contemplate your word of the year, I love to go over to Google and look up the etymology of my word of the year, which will show you the history of the word. There are some fun surprises that are in store for you often when you go down the etymology rabbit hole. I find it very interesting. You can just Google it in general to see what other people are saying about that word. You just kind of obsess on it for a moment, for some time. You can do a ritual, a commitment ritual, Some kind of reinforcement of your commitment. Something that marks this word as being important to you and imprints on your subconscious mind that this is important. Again, sacred adornment can be amazing for this. Amazing for this. Get yourself something that you can see and interact with or touch or even smell like an essential oil or a perfume that really represents your word for you, put it on every morning and use that as a reinforcement. Use that as, I am walking in faith this year. I know somebody who was working with the word resilience last year and life really took them through it and taught them what resilience means. And so this year they're working with the word gentle. So maybe if you're working with the word like gentle you would choose a piece of jewelry or a fragrance that feels very gentle to you and every time you put that fragrance or piece of jewelry on you just say the word gentle and then as you go about your day you start looking for ways that you can be gentle ways that other people are gentle ways that nature is gentle you just start exploring what the word means and You do this deliberately for a short period of time and what you will find is that you just start doing it automatically. You do end up programming your subconscious mind and funny enough, the word gentle starts showing up every time you turn around. You can't escape it. It's everywhere you go. That to me is how the word of the year works and if you tell your witchy friends or your new agey community that you are working with the word of the year, They'll start sending you shit. (laughs) They'll be like, oh, look, Faith, this reminds me of you. I saw this article on gentleness. Or look at this t-shirt that says the word gentle on it. It's fun. It's fun. People start associating you with that word and calling your attention to it, tagging you in posts online when that word comes up. And it really just becomes a theme and it can become a part of your identity. This has not been true for me with every word of the year, but some words it has queen for sure, groovy, A hundred percent for sure. My year of grooviness will be with me forever. I learned how to be groovy in the year of grooviness. And it was such a fun one when it came to me. I was just like, groovy. Oh my gosh. I was immediately into it (laughs) because it just had that awesome retro feel that I love. But also I learned so much from it. I learned how to be groovy, how to live in the groove, how to go with the flow and to move with the energies of life, to go with life instead of always trying to swim against it. I became groovy, my friends. I am a groovy queen and I would not be groovy nor a queen if I did not have this practice of working with a word of the year every year or so. I hope some of these tips were helpful for you. I actually don't remember entirely what I said in the little segment I recorded for you on faith. I know it has something to do with the ocean, but I'm just gonna go grab that and stick this in right here and create a little patched together episode for you. In 2022, I started doing this thing for the Bebo effect, in which I would capture the thoughts that arose in peacefulness in the morning, because my meditation practice has become so magical in the morning. I pray, I read, I write, I meditate, it's very quiet, I get up early before the neighborhood is up when it's still dark outside and what comes through feels like channeling. I often tweet from this place. I will just hop on Twitter and say a thing and then go. I don't look to see if anybody's messaged me. I don't look at the trends. I don't see what's happening. I just hop on and capture the moment and then leave. And I love those tweets. I feel like I need to gather them up into a little book one day because they don't feel like they're for me. They feel like they're coming from someplace beyond me, the place that I can reach when I am receptive, when I'm in a receptive place. And I think all the energy I invested in channeling in my twenties set a tone for me. It, set, it it created a relationship between me and this mysterious place, spirit, soul. And so it really started with tweeting in the morning, like capturing those moments. Before this year, I would have just put that down in a journal or a composition book, but then those journals and composition books, they just lay around and nothing really comes of them in terms of sharing it with other people. And so it brings me a lot of joy to be able to capture something like that or it kind of feels like, Dictation, like I'm taking down dictation from spirit. It's fun to be able to share that with other people because then it feels purposeful. It feels useful. It feels like something's moving through me that might benefit someone else. And so from tweeting, I started just capturing these little moments that I would then weave into later episodes of the Bebo effect. And one thing that I was thinking about here, it's the last day of 2022 and it's raining and I'm laying in bed. I have fairy lights wrapped around this mirror that faces my bed and next to me, I have an essential oil burning, lemon and lavender. I have my prayer candles lined up in the window and a wall of windows and it's just so gorgeous and I was just reflecting on the year and thinking back to this moment that my son and I had in Hawaii. Oh my gosh. And now there's a hummingbird looking at me through the window. That is so cool. Yay. Hello, hummingbird. I see you. So every year, my son and I, we take a birthday trip together. I am a single mom and a solo entrepreneur. So this is a big deal for me financially. I save all year long and plan for our trip all year long and every year we go someplace different and the point is well it's to have fun and explore and experience the world together but it's also to stretch my comfort zone because traveling as a single mom with an adult who is noticeably profoundly autistic is a vulnerable Position to be in because, you know, me with my little spaghetti arms, can I defend us both if somebody comes after us? I don't know. I certainly will try. And I do have that mama bear thing that kicks in if I feel threatened. So this is an opportunity for me to expand that way and to expand financially and to expand the possibilities for my life, to not say, I am a single mom and a solo entrepreneur, therefore I cannot afford to do this. But to say, I am a single mom and a solo entrepreneur, and I can do this. I can do this. Watch me do this. Watch me do this and know that if I can do this, you can do this too. And so my son has long wanted to go to Hawaii. I am not a Hawaii person. I'm not a beachy person. I'm more of a... Cabin in the woods, kind of person. I love a forest. I love the mountains. And now, come to find out, I guess I love the desert. I feel strange even saying that because I always thought I hated the desert. But we did Arizona last year. Well, we did a long road trip. We did Joshua Tree, the Grand Canyon. We stayed in Flagstaff. We hiked through Sedona, and it was outrageous outrageously beautiful, and now both of us are constantly trying to figure out how we can get back to Arizona. Like, we deeply, deeply loved it. I could actually see us living in Flagstaff one day because it's so gorgeous there. Speaking of trees, I had no idea, and it's so close to the Grand Canyon on one side and the Sedona on the other side, and it's just so charming. I was blown away. I had no expectation. It was incredible. Well, this year was not so much, not so incredible. We chose to go to Oahu because money was tight and because I wanted to do a really walkable trip with a lot of touristy things nearby because that's the kind of stuff I wanted to do with my son. When we got off the plane and took the cab ride down the freeway into Waikiki, it was so ugly and depressing, and there was so much oppression and poverty and sadness on the streets that that was like our first impression, and then we ended up having a very scary run-in with a local, and it was just all unwelcoming. It felt scary and dangerous and not beautiful. (laughs) Um, so I really had to make the effort to seek out beauty on this trip and to make it special. You know, I saved all year. My son had been looking forward to this. And so we did find ways to make it special. But the one thing that I wanted to share here about it is the thing that's always going to stick with me. The most beautiful part of this trip is We went way out to the furthest lagoon from civilization that we could walk to. And then we waded out into the water together, which was gorgeous and warm. And every night we did this at sunset. So it was outrageously beautiful. The colors of the sunset, the air was like perfect. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was just perfect. Same with the water. Just the most perfect temperature, so comfortable. And in Waikiki, you can walk out very far into the ocean and it's still shallow, so you feel fairly safe. And what we did is we floated on our backs and we would hold hands or we would just float side by side and the water held us. It's so salty and so buoyant and gentle that... The first time we did it, I just started crying because there was all this tension from our flight, the travel, that weird entry into Waikiki, and I just had stuff to release. And so I just had this moment where I'm like crying and I'm giving my salty tears to the salty ocean and... The ocean rocks. It's like this gentle rocking, like a womb or like a mother holding a child. And that was the sensation I had of being held. And I had this really deep, beautiful experience of being held by life and how beautiful it is to surrender and let yourself be held and know that life will hold you. And that is a very hard thing I think for most of us to do most days, to have that kind of faith that if you let go, life will hold you, will it? Does your experience say that it will? I don't know, I'm not i am not making a promise to you, I'm just saying that in that moment I felt held and that is something that I have been able to access again and again and again. And when I start to panic, when I start to drown, when I start to flail in the waters of my own life, I can reach back to that moment and it's instructive. It's like the instructions for getting back to that place were embedded in the cells of my body and I can remember. I can remember what it felt like to be held and I can let go and I can surrender, and I can be in faith, and every single time I do it, magic unfolds. Life holds me. Something comes through. Some miracle comes through. Some unexpected something that I needed comes through, and I am so excited about the future. I'm so excited about 2023 and working with the word faith because... I'm looking forward to practicing this. I'm looking forward to practicing it. I've had enough experience with it now that I feel that my faith has really developed and yet it's still surprising to me. It still takes my breath away when it happens, when I surrender and I let go and life holds me. I'm just in absolute awe. I just still, I guess, have that doubt in my mind. Like, is this real? Can life really feel like this? And then life always says, yeah, it can. Let me hold you. And that to me, at this point on my journey with faith, that's what faith feels like. Talk about groovy! That little track that I've been using as a clip to separate these different segments, it is called Bell Bottom Bass, and it's just... Free on my Mac. (laughs) At some point, I need to get it together with some kind of theme situation. I don't know what that will be. Right now, I'm just having fun playing around and feeling my way into this new solo situation. I hope you all are loving it. I'm loving it. I'm having fun so far. I've got a lot of ideas things that I want to talk about in 2023, and I'm really excited just to step to the edge and walk in faith with you. Find out what you want to know. Actually have an ongoing conversation with you. So if you want to ask me something, again, I say go over to speakpipe.com slash thejoedevoshow and ask me what you will. If I feel like I have a good answer for what you've asked, and if I feel like it's something that could apply to a lot of different people, and be helpful to a lot of different people, I will be more than happy to make a dedicated episode. If we get into a situation where I'm getting a lot of voicemails, which has so far not happened, but should we get to that point, I'll just do massive long episodes in which I answer multiple questions in one go, and we'll do that for as long as we can. And then just a couple more thoughts on the new year. In my experience, people tend to have greater results and an easier ride along the way when they move toward what they want rather than away from what they don't want. If you're judging yourself, if you're having a hard time breaking a habit or getting out of a toxic relationship and focusing on that, focusing on what you don't want hasn't been working for you, try focusing on what you do want. Try to put your energy into discovering what your heart wants. Maybe do some journaling, maybe do some meditation, spend some time out in nature, and get very, very clear on what your heart wants now. And you'll know what that is when you feel excited, when you're energized by it, when you are uplifted, go with it. Whatever that thing is for you, whatever gives you energy, Go with that and let that pull you forward instead of trying to constantly push yourself forward and get leverage on yourself. Instead of trying to break a bad habit or change something about yourself that you don't like, focus on what you do want to create more of or developing a positive skill of some kind. Throw yourself into that and your whole orientation to life will change. You may even find, funny enough, that the habit or pattern that you wanted to lose, that it naturally starts to fade away as you build greater confidence or self-love or simply because you have placed your focus elsewhere. And I highly recommend focusing on the practice, focusing on the process rather than the result you want to to create. That was such a radical paradigm shift for me when I started focusing on process instead of obsessing on the result. And you can bring this to your vision boards. Something that I love to do is instead of putting my vision board on the wall, which is fine if that's what you love to do, I like to put it in the opening pages of my journal or my daily agenda, my planner. And then I take clear packing tape and I smooth it over the vision board so that it lasts through a lot of wear and tear. And I can flip to it very easily every single day and look at my vision. And what helps is... To choose images for your vision board that are action oriented. So instead of putting the big fancy house that you want to live in on your vision board and the novel that you want to write, you know, like the New York Times bestseller list, instead of putting those things, which are the results on your vision board, you put images of the process that will get you there. You put action-oriented images on your vision board. So it would be a set of hands on a keyboard writing. It would be some sort of imagery that shows budgeting, saving, raising your income. You put action-oriented images on your vision board that spark some kind of positive emotion in you that you feel are very uplifting. You focus on the process and you keep it in your planner so that you can look at it regularly and check in with yourself and stay inspired. Your piece of sacred adornment can do that for you. Your word of the year can simply do that for you. One of my friends last year, her word was discipline, and she kicked such ass. But if you think about discipline, there's something action-oriented about it. It's a call to action, to have discipline, to be disciplined. And she started bodybuilding, and she got back into some old jeans that she wasn't able to wear anymore because she completely changed the composition of her body with muscle. And you could see her getting excited and being empowered gradually as the year went along. And she stayed in process, even though she wasn't seeing results for like the first half of the year, or maybe the first few months of the year. She wasn't really seeing the results that she expected but she stayed in the process. And then by the end of the year, she's giving everybody advice on how to be a bodybuilder, (laughs) how to build muscle and eat this much protein because she had learned something. She had gained wisdom and most importantly, she had developed discipline. Not just with weightlifting. She ended up passing this really big test that she had been studying for and it's the discipline that kept her in that process. And now, going forward, even though her word for the year in 2023 is surrender, she's developed discipline and she can take that with her going forward and do anything she wants to do. She can apply that quality. She now possesses that quality. It's a part of her. It's a part of her identity. She can apply that to anything going forward. And who knows what she's going to accomplish. I can't wait to see it. So that's a really fantastic word of the year. So is surrender because surrender, too, is action-oriented. And that's how faith feels to me. Your word of the year does not have to be action-oriented, but if it's a word like queen, for example, I recommend getting into a process mindset with it. One of the ways that the word queen really helped me is I used to have a hard time with red tape. I deal with a lot of it. Being the full-time caretaker of an adult with disabilities And I used to be really intimidated by what I called scary phone calls. And so what I would do is I would ask myself, what would a queen do in this moment? And I always knew. The minute I asked that question, I knew exactly what a queen would do. And it carried me through so many challenging situations, so many times that I felt intimidated. I was able to set a boundary. The word queen, if I asked what would a queen do, I knew what to do every single time. I would make that scary phone call. I would set that boundary. I would do that thing that I didn't really feel like doing, but I knew I needed to do. I would do it. It got me into action. So I think that's a good way to end this. To really think about process and practice and being action-oriented with your intention this year rather than super focused on the results. The results are gonna happen regardless. There's no reason to put that added pressure on yourself and to constantly measure yourself against something that has not yet happened when Life is happening right now. You're in it right now. And you can be the queen or the king of your own life right now. You can be groovy right now. You can be in surrender. You can be in discipline. You can be gentle. And really that's what it's about. It's about who you become in the process, not necessarily what you get. Because how long does that last? Not long. The moment you have an achievement, the moment you achieve a result, it's exciting, but that feeling doesn't last it goes away. And then your soul is like, what's next? What's next? What's the next right step? What are we doing next? (laughs) You're always being called into the next moment because the now is all there is. The present moment is all there is. And so a result, an achievement can only occupy a brief moment and then... Your soul is on to the next. So you might as well stay in process. You might as well stay in practice and stay present. Listen to all these P words, P, P, P on the Happy New Year. If you want to do the Queen Audio Journey or the Shadow Love Audio Journey or the Magic Star Audio Journey, they are all 60% off right now and they will be for a few weeks if you use the code at checkout, Hello2023, all lowercase letters and then four numbers, hello, 2023, no spaces, put it in at checkout and you should watch it roll 60% off in real time. If it does not do that right in front of your face, do not proceed, something is wrong. You typed it in wrong, you cut and pasted it wrong. Maybe there's a problem on Gumroad's end and you need to contact me. I'm more than happy to help you with that, but usually it's because something is spelled wrong and that's why I'm keeping it simple. Hello, 2023, you will watch 60% roll off and then you can have those programs in your library for a very long time. I'm not taking them down. I'm just gonna take down the sales pages in about a month when I figure out, What new platform? I'm leaning toward Mighty Networks. If anybody is familiar with that and has something to say about it, I'd love to hear it. Do you yourself use Mighty Networks? I've used it as a user, not a creator, and I really enjoyed it. So that's what I'm leaning toward right now. And I have something new coming down the pipeline, like I said, so I will get that up first because that's what i'm excited about and then i will figure out how to migrate the other offerings and there probably will be a period of time where they're not available at all which is why i'm going to be a very good biz witch and promote the hell out of this so you all know this is your chance to get these audio journeys before they go away for an indefinite period of time i don't know how long that will be but Again, technology is not like my super favorite thing, so it could be a while. I hope y'all are having a fabulous day and that 2023 is absolutely magical for you. Until we meet again, always remember, life is change, change is magic, magic is life, and the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace.